Welcome back or welcome to the Micro Leadership Podcast. In this series, we will be talking to leaders from a whole range of different disciplines and different businesses. We'll be trying to understand how they got to do what they do now and what their journey has been like. Each conversation will focus on each person's story, the challenges they faced, the successes they've achieved, the failures they've come through, and of course, what they've learned along the way. Each of these conversations will be designed to help you to understand the journey that others take to become great leaders, so you can learn to develop and become an even better leader yourself. We really hope you enjoy this conversation. In this episode, I'm joined by Ishtar Ali. Ishtar is an inspirational female leader. After several years having a successful career in the Middle East in HR, for a number of reasons last August, she came back to the UK and had a change of direction and she set up Ancora Renovate. Throughout her career, she has constantly looked to break new ground. And in this inspiring conversation, we hear more of her mental framework and the way she sets herself up for success that enables her to push herself and challenge herself to try new things and push the limits. This is a great conversation. I really hope you enjoy listening to Ishtar talk about the way that she approaches life. Hi Ishtar, welcome to the Micro Leadership Podcast. It's really great to have you on. So uh, thank you for your time. Thank you so much for having me, Hayden. I'm really excited to be joining you today on your series two. I know, my first guest of series two, so I'm really excited for this. And, um, <laughs> and I just know this is going to be golden. So uh, thank you. Uh, thank you for coming on. Super so it's privileged. Thank you for the opportunity. So as you know, this podcast is kind of around leadership, but it's also about understanding how people have got to the roles that they play and to understand a little bit of what, what makes people tick, really, who are leading in, in your case, leading your own business or leading in businesses. So just share a little bit of your background. Tell me a little bit about kind of your backstory and how you got to do the role that you do. So I um, have spent the last 16 years in an HR function, um, 11 of those years I was based in Dubai working for some multinational companies, um, got loads of like amazing experience. My, my one goal when I'd moved to Dubai was to try and avoid um, mixing with other English people, as good as bad as that might sound, because I wanted to really immerse myself in different cultures um, so that I could really get the most out of the experiences. And I learned tons about myself during that time because I traveled a lot for work, um, you know, was meeting lots of different people with lots of different backgrounds. And the one thing that kind of came out in that whole experience was the key to good and clear communication because mm -hmm. for a lot of people that I was interacting with, whether they be top senior management or, you know, juniors in an organization, people's first language wasn't English. And yeah. so I had to adapt the way that I was communicating on every level to be able to get a clear message across and to be able to do my job effectively, basically. Mm. Um, and I think that that was, that really stood me in good stead for the, for where I am today, because I just, communication to me is something that is really important and things, as you know, need to make sense to me. And so yeah. I think that that 
the whole experience has kind of echoed who I am today and you know the need to be clear. Um, I left Dubai in um, August of last year um, mm -hmm. due to some changes in personal circumstances and then I founded Ancora Renovate which is a building contracting company um, I'm based in Manchester and we're doing Manchester based projects at the minute. I'm also running a property development company and I have been retraining to be an interior designer. Um, which I love and I didn't realize I would love <laughs> but I do it's such it's such a massive massive passion so I'm really blessed that that's happened um, and at Encora Renovate I'm basically responsible for everything other than actually being on site and building I have a, a wonderful team that kind of kind of do those things for me. I love that so there were so many things in that backstory that you just shared that that just resonate who you are and what you stand for and I love the courage of both of them. So to go off to a completely different culture and to immerse yourself in it with the intention of not sticking to the comfort zone of being around other English people, which can be very easy in those environments. And then to come back and set up a, um, without me, you know, kind of sound wrong to say, but a female led construction um, firm uh, is, you know, is, is, takes real courage. So yeah. is, that, is that how you see it? Do you see yourself as somebody who's quite courageous? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, my philosophy in life is to never look back and have um, a regret that I didn't try something that I felt that I could do. And I, I pretty much apply that to all of my life. If I want to go and do something, I generally don't think twice about it. And I choose to take a positive lesson from it if it doesn't work out, but just jump the gun and just try it and have an, an experience at the end of the day. Um, I think self-belief when you're doing anything is really, really important mm. and courage obviously plays a big part in that. And I think your potential is only as big as how you see it um, and it's potentially endless. Um, yeah. So, you know, having courage to step out of your comfort zone. I mean, on my 30th birthday, random example, I decided to jump out of the plane because I was petrified about doing it. And my, I got two or three other friends roped into it and we just did it. And yeah. it was the best experience of my life. And it was completely out of my comfort zone because I hate heights. Yeah. But I did it because I wanted to challenge my brain. So as often as possible, I try and push my boundaries to see what I'm truly capable of. And, you know, that's just one example. So. And so where does that come from? Do you know where that comes from? Have you ever stopped and thought about what, what is it that makes you have this desire to push yourself into places of discomfort? I think the biggest, the biggest place it probably comes from is my mum. My mum okay. is like a really strong woman. Mm. As, as an Asian lady, she was working for the probation service, which isn't um, generally a, a job that a female Asian lady would have done. Yeah. And we're talking, at, you know, 20, 30 years ago that she yeah. was doing that and she was, you know, killing it in terms of her field. Yeah. And I always looked, looked towards her and thought, I can't believe my mum works in a prison or I can't believe my mum goes to court and she does this work. And she's been uber supportive my whole life to just go and do things. Yeah. So when I was at university, um, I'd chosen a course that was going to send me over to Spain to study um, um, a bachelor's degree over there for a year. And in anticipation of that, she'd said, why don't you go to America and do this Camp America thing and trial being away from home for periods of time. So I did that when it was at uni. Mm -hmm. And she's always been like super supportive and just kind of said, do what you need to do, which from an Asian culture isn't actually a normal thing, especially yeah. in like 
early 2000s I think the general consensus was if you're an Asian girl you have to just stay at home and get married and then go have kids and I completely have gone left field and gone, mm-hmm. <laughs> gone towards my career and traveled the world and had amazing experiences and so I think that her um, her guidance and her willingness to allow me to um, experience life has really manifested itself into try everything and anything because you're capable of doing anything and anything everything Absolutely. and um, I think the way that my career has progressed is I've always gone into my jobs with my whole heart and mm-hmm. progressed in my career because of a passion to do my job and I loved HR 100% and I yeah. always try to position myself in a it, in a way that people could always see what I was potential, what, what the potential of me was in the mm-hmm. future. So somebody had um, early on in my career had had given me great advice that I've never forgotten, and they'd said, "Don't dress for the job that you have today. Dress for the job that you want to have in the future." And for yeah. some for some reason that resonated with me, and it's something that I always push myself to do. So if I'm an administrator and I want to be an HR advisor, I was wanting to get involved in HR advisory work and I was willing to put in the time and then, you know, just show capabilities and capabilities and then just work hard. I mean, at the end of the day, if you work hard, you'll, you'll achieve your dreams and it kind of works positively for me. So you've got this real combination of, so you've got a role model of somebody in your life, your, your mother who, was breaking boundaries and breaking new ground. Yeah. You then got a, um, a philosophy around thinking into the future self and therefore the art of the possible with a, a mentality that says, actually, what's the worst that can happen? I'm going to learn from it, even if it doesn't go, go right. So there's a, there's a, a relatively high appetite for risk in, 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 to a certain extent. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've got a real work ethic around effort and energy. And if you keep committing to things that it's going to make a difference. Yeah. And it's, it's worked out positively Hayden. And I think mm. because I've been so successful in my career, I mean, I was promoted to a director level in my last job yeah. at, in my early thirties and I was given a massive amount of responsibility and I was the youngest director in the organization and I was having to then deal with directors who were, you know, 15, 20 years my senior and having to level up to their level and be mm-hmm. able to be credible um, in my position. And so it kind of elevated my thinking a little bit and it pushed me to say, I can be as good as them. Mm. My age doesn't define my, my ability to do a job. Um, I can do the job that's needed and I can do more um, than, than what is required. And um, I felt like my last job that I had, which was with Nissan in the Middle East, mm. was one of, one of the best jobs. And I'm glad that I left HR on such a high yeah. um, because I was really proud of what I'd achieved in that, in that position. And so you then had this really successful career in the corporate space within HR. Yeah. And then to take a complete and understand that personal circumstances were part of the reason behind it, but then to take a complete left turn in that to go and start doing something where you had little or no experience, knowledge, um, credibility, to then go and take up a, a role of you know leading Ancora Renovate or creating Ancora Renovate. So talk to me through that process because that that was only last August. So talk me through your thinking in terms of why why that. Um, 
Firstly, people think I'm crazy that I've completely <laughs> gone left field and I'm sure, and, and people have said that they think that I am courageous because I've done it. But I, I think that when I decided to leave HR and go into building contracting, I honestly didn't think about, can I do this? Mm-hmm. My thought process was I need to do this. And so I just did it. Now, in terms of why building contracting, so I'd done a couple of property renovations um, previously while I was living in Dubai, enjoyed that project management process and seeing basically the transformation of a space that didn't look great, something yeah. that I had designed. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. Um, and so when I got back to the UK, because I'd loved that process so much, I thought, okay, it makes sense to continue to do that on a full-time basis. But Um, financially I need to have some bread and butter money so that I can continue to live and so it just kind of made sense that then the building contracting really well complemented the property development side Um, and so that's kind of how it evolved and I knew a set of builders um, who had worked on my properties previously I trusted them they were a good team and so I started off with those guys as my baseline and then kind of grew the the number of subcontractors. And then the interior design thing wasn't even a a thought process when I'd originally thought, let's do building contracting. But what I'd wanted to do was I wanted to personally be able to offer a service to the customers because obviously Encore Renovate um, is it offers a service that's delivered by others mm. and I've always been directly offering a service to my clients in my corporate life so I did want to maintain a, that kind of opportunity to link in with customers but on a more personal level and offer them that interior design thing so um, I started my studies in December and really quickly found out that it was something that actually I didn't realize that I would love that I did truly yeah. love and I was getting all of that technical Um, and educational knowledge behind it but also what I've been doing since I launched Ancora in um, January is offer um, the interior design um, as kind of a free offering to our Mm -hmm. customers while I'm I'm learning and training so the benefit of that is I'm taking my education and applying it immediately so I attend a course on Saturday and by Monday I'm on the job doing what I've learned on Saturday which you know, I studied my CIPD when I was when I was uh, in HR, and that was also really useful. So this also is super useful that I can study and apply. Um, yeah, and kind of that's it. It's just something that's kind of evolved into something that I started up as a need to have flexibility in my mm-hmm. life, and it kind kind of just made sense to then be becoming more of a passion and be able Mm. to really enjoy the process of creating and transforming spaces and really helping people realize their dreams. Because when you're coming into someone's space, they have an idea of what they want, but if you can help articulate that and demonstrate that in a drawing or um, in a basic floor plan, and then they see what it's going to look like and then you deliver it. I mean, that's totally mind blowing. Absolutely. And it's this real, so, having spent a little bit of time with you and, and understanding a little bit of the, the history of, of Angkor and, and how you kind of came up with it and then knowing what your your why is around making sense it really does bring to life this ability to take people's ideas and thoughts and put them into something that you can represent back to them that makes sense to them in a way that really kind of brings the ideas to life and I think that's you know it's it's amazing to have that uh, ability to do that and uh, and to say to ignite that passion that you have for for what you do. So what's been the the biggest challenge you faced as you kind of come into this 
boxed off your corporate career, stepped into something that's completely left field and breaking new ground by offering a service that most business contractors of the level that you are currently working at wouldn't offer. So you're offering something that's new to the market, really. What's been the biggest challenge for you? Um, ironically, the people side of it, mm-hmm. <laughs> which <laughs> technically speaking shouldn't be a problem given that I've, I've got an HR background. Yeah. But, um, you know, the, the biggest thing is finding good people. Yeah. I mean, you know, the building trade in itself has a really bad reputation for cowboys. Um, and I've heard horror stories and I've unfortunately seen horror stories. And for me, it's trying to really cherry pick those good people and then engaging them enough to want them to work for them to want to work with me full, you know, on a full-time basis or to, you know, give me preferential timings for when they can work. So that that's basically been the biggest challenge. And also, you know, we don't offer just a nine to five service um, because mm. a lot of our work is long hours after work. So, you know, we go and do a job from say eight o'clock till four or five o'clock, and then we'll often go away, spend time sourcing materials, planning for the next job, working quotations. Our quotations can literally take four to five hours, depending on the complexity of it. Some take us several weeks because Mm -hmm. we go into the nth amount of detail. And the benefit for me is that, again, going back to that, it makes sense. I need to question why we have these materials on what basis. And so that it could probably take two days, two days, a project that takes us five weeks to do week will probably take two days. But I want to learn about this new business area that and this new industry that I'm in. So we take time to really articulate what we're doing and why we're doing it um, in our quotations Hmm. Um, and then just tackling the challenges, because inevitably on any job, you have challenges that come up and then you have to constantly think, okay, what can we do to rectify it? Who do we need to contact? What materials do we need? Who do we need to pull in? So all of this happens behind the scenes. Um, And I don't think I appreciated how challenging it might be when I stepped into this position Mm -hmm. um, to actually on the ground, how difficult it is. But what I'm trying to do with, especially my marketing is to try and show people a behind the scenes Um, a little bit more so that people can really appreciate how much effort goes into planning a construction project. Um, And obviously the other thing that is the biggest challenge is is to try and manage these subcontractors to deliver what you are promising the customer. So our service offering is that we try and take the stress away from the customers of managing multiple contractors. So I soak that all up for you. So, you Hmm. know, if you have got a job box, your job is going to be done between this date and this date you don't need to worry about people not turning not materials yep. not turning not delays in your project that's mass make sure that things get done within budget and within time so yep. yeah we try and kind of keep the customer away but it's a major challenge <laughs> behind the scenes brilliant and just share for, for our listeners the reason why you're called Ancora because I when you told me this story it really did kind of it really resonated and I think it will help for the people who don't know you or listen to this podcast, maybe help them understand a little bit the way that you think into the things that you do. So just just share this the story around the name of Ancora. Yeah. So um I I was kind of thinking about um using some a word that people might not be familiar with and may ask me then what what does Ancora mean? Mm. And um when I was searching for a word, Ancora um came up. Uh, because in Latin it means hope and refuge um, 
and that resonated with me. I think it's it's more from the nature background as well because we are we are kind of trained to take care of people generally, and mm-hmm. my nature by nature I am very much a caring person and so what I want to be able to do with our spaces is create a space of hope because when you move into a you know a property or you're creating that new space you want it to be there because you come home to a place of refuge and it's safe and it's secure and it's your home and it's your bubble but also it shows you that there is hope for a better future for for tomorrow and you know that things are possible that you came into a home that looked like this but it's actually created something better and therefore you can be better in your job in your life anything like that if you've got a good stable foundation which is your home so um that that's kind of where it came from um yeah the hope and the refuge things totally resonated with me when when i kind of read it and it made sense to me absolutely and then if you go back to our earlier conversation about you being somebody who breaks new grounds and the learning from your mom is when you have somebody who has that attitude it it is automatically hopeful yeah you go Um, into things not necessarily knowing but hoping that the outcome is going to be going to be great absolutely um i always hope i'm i'm generally quite a positive person and i try to have a positive outlook and um hope is a big part of that that i hope things are going to to be good and so yeah it kind of all looking at it really really deeply it kind of explains me to a t that the fact that i've created i I found this name that kind of resonated and then my whole being kind of works with with what it means yeah it just totally makes sense absolutely and then and the time that we spent together and the, the experience that we've started to talk into it's it really is inspiring as what you are trying to create because whilst you are setting up a business to do building contracting and interior design actually i know through our conversations you've got much bigger plans than that yeah and look you know building contracting companies are generally um built by builders who don't have the corporate experience um and generally have a male attitude without Mm -hmm. you know being on pc but what i'm bringing to the table is that female um perspective is that hr perspective is you know i try and treat my customers as if they're an extension of my family how would my family want to feel if they were having work done in their personal space at home and so i'm quite thoughtful about the processes that we take it's the small things hayden it's like at the end of the day are we leaving a site in a safe manner for kids who are at home are we cleaning up every day are we turning up on time are we communicating if there's a delay a lot of customers just want to be able to touch talk to a person that's working on their home and say I've got a question can I talk to you about it and it's a different experience for our customers that Mm. you know we rock up to um, a quotation meeting and I'm there in my dress and my converse (laughs) totally unexpected (laughs) because my name doesn't give away that I'm a female it's only when you'll actually see me with my hair and my my dress on that you're like (laughs) oh okay so um you know it, it just automatically gives a sense of um comfort to whoever we're talking to and funnily enough um what what's happening is from the start of the pro um, when we started Ancora Renovate it was a, a lot of the guys that were kind of talking to my part uh, to my uh, project manager about mm-hmm. the technical aspects of a job but then when you know as we got on there were more females who were in the households that were then gravitating towards me and really really expressing what they wanted so 
now I have a lot of females actually reaching out to me and saying, can you come and do my work? Are you going to be there when you come to do quotes? Mm -hmm. And I'm saying, of course, and I'm your main point of contact. And I think women in general are just loving that fact that they've got another female who's been responsible for, you know, the building side and, you know, is just approachable, I guess. Approachable, responsible, but also help make sense for them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so if you could give one piece of advice, so people listen to this this podcast today, and from your experiences or your background, or just you know, your your kind of view on the world, what's the one piece of advice that you would give to people? Have faith. Um, pretty simply, have faith in your ability to be at the helm of the ship. There are mm-hmm. definitely calm waters sometimes, and embrace those calm waters. Um, but there are also cert- certain situations that will test your ability to to do the job and will test your leadership style uh, and test your patience but you know ultimately I think that the person that you are will always shine through and if you have a positive outlook on things that Mm -hmm. things will turn positive if you don't take a bad situation and let it overshadow all of the good that's happening then you will always come out on top and it's, I think it's also important that you as a, a business owner or a leader share your vision and create a clear path for everybody you work with so that everybody is aligned with your goal. So the work that you and I have been doing, for example, Hayden, I've been sharing that with my team so that they can see where my aspirations for our company are. And, and I guess finally, um, and you and I have talked about this, it's just to make, make time for yourself because mm-hmm. you can really, really easily get caught up with the chaos of work and really have little time to kind of rest. And you'll need those, that strength to tackle the rocky waters when they come. So really be kind to yourself during the process and know when it's time to kind of have some new time. Fantastic. Great, great advice. Great, um, great thoughts to, to close out this conversation. Ishtar, I, I want to say a huge thank you. I've loved hearing again some of the story, but also, you know, um, the, the extra level of details that you shared today, which have been really, really insightful. And I think anybody listening to this can't help but be inspired by what you've done and what you are doing. So I just want to say a huge thank you and, and a huge well done to the work that you're doing. Thank you, Hayden. Thanks for giving me the opportunity again as well. So where can people get hold of you? Where can people find Ishtar? So we have a website, which is mm-hmm. uk. I'm also on LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram. Um, and all my contact details are on our website as well. Perfect. So we'll make sure all those go in the episode notes. So anybody listening to this can just click onto those and find out where to, uh, to get hold of you if they want to uh, speak to you about the way you lead or maybe to get some help with a project that they're looking at. Absolutely. Happy to give advice as well. That's absolutely fine. (laughs) Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. We really hope you enjoyed this conversation just as much as we did. And if you have, then we'd love you to go to your podcast platform of choice and give us a rating. And what's more, if you've got friends who you know would also appreciate hearing the kind of stories of leaders who are making it in their particular chosen field and will benefit from listening in, then tell them all about it. The only way that we can grow this podcast is through you helping us to get the word out there. So we'd really appreciate if you can share it with those people you know who would also benefit from listening in. Thanks very much and we look forward to sharing our next conversation with you.